Welcome to the Tiny Film Invasion here on WMSC 91.7 FM. I'm Blythe, and I'm here with my co-host, Christopher. Hi, Blythe. Hi, Christopher. Hi. How you doing? I'm well. I'm so excited. Oh, Tilda. Tilda. That was good. That was unplanned. That was really good. I shouldn't tell people that. Today, we are start <laughs> kicking off our year-long investigation, yeah. examination, rumination. <laughs> Obsession. <laughs> Obsession, for sure, on uh, the career of Tilda Swinton. Last year, we mm-hmm. looked at the roots of American independent film. Yeah. we uh, Once a month, we picked um, a, a seminal film or filmmaker and uh, talked about sort of their role in the beginning of um, the American Indies. We went right. started John Cassavetes, went through the Coen brothers, Soderbergh, Spike Lee, yeah. Julie Dash. Yeah, it was good. It was a great year. It was uh, us telling you about it via us learning about it. That's true. It w- yeah. th- as as we've said before, this uh, this show is basically just uh, two stupid people. S- self help. <laughs> it's a self help show for us. Oh, yeah, no, that's better. That's a better way to put it. <laughs> How to be better cinephiles. <laughs> We're glad you join yeah. us. It's actually it's, it's very self indulgent. It's like a way for us to force ourselves to go through the films that we. Would if we had a full didn't have full time job exactly. Um, so this is awesome to really pick up now. This year we're picking a person, an actress who is phenomenal and really just digging into her work, which we've always known, but uh, now having done just the tiniest bit of uh, research is just vast and varied. It's like it's possibly one of the best choices we could have made. I'm so excited. Yeah. I've been reading about her all week since I uh, watched the first film. Yeah. And I'm I am getting to obsession. Yeah. Like I, I had to um, tell myself this morning, you have a whole year. You don't right. have to tell everything about Tilda today. Yeah. Just a little bit. Well, luckily, we have a half hour. <laughs> so we are already we already have a good boundary line drawn for us. So today we're starting with her first film, which is uh, Derek Jarman's Carvaggio. Yeah. But before we get to that, we wanted to just give you a tiny overview of the magic of Tilda Swinton. <laughs> yeah. She is magical. I, I would say yes. No, for sure. The thing that is, because we had talked briefly about doing uh, Meryl Streep, because she's sure. had such a large body of work and a, and a, a variety. I am starting, granted, this is too early. I am starting to think that Tilda has a more already has a more varied career. When I mean varied, I mean the roles that she takes on and the films that she takes on. Because I mean, I'm down for this discussion. We're having a whole uh, episode coming up. (laughs) Yeah. Tilda versus Meryl. Nothing against Meryl. Obviously, she's phenomenal. She's one of the. She's a goddess. She's an icon. But already in like uh, looking at the the different roles that she's taken on, Tilda Swinton's taken on, I'm just impressed with the how uh, versatile of an actress she is. Um, it reminds me like of uh, Gary Oldman for a while there, mm. where I always say this about Gary Oldman: he played Sid Vicious and Beethoven within like ten years, <laughs> and then Dracula, and then like a senator. I'm amazed when I when you can make that kind of list, and as we're going to go through Tilda Swinton, you can see that kind of variety, which is, I always find really, really impressive. Yeah, it's going to make for um, a lot of good movie watching this year and a lot of good discussion. Yeah. So Tilda was actually born Catherine Matilda Swinton Yeah. in 1960 in London. Her dad was Scottish. Her uh, mother was Australian. 
She graduated from Cambridge in uh, 83. Uh, she studied social and political sciences. She joined the Communist Party. Yeah. And she began acting. Yeah. That was a great era for Tilda. I wonder she when she in, started going by Tilda, if that I was know, sort of like yeah. a college thing. Oh, yeah. That's what, like, when I started. I'm not Katie. Yeah, I insisted. It was Christopher when my first year of college. And it took a few years. Yeah. <laughs> Is she also, I loved discovering that she was a member of the Royal Shakespeare Academy. Yeah, she, the year Royal after she company? graduated. Yeah. The company? Ro- company. Yeah, mm-hmm. company. And that's always, I always find that to be an impressive stat. But what's even more impressive is that she left it because it was too confining. <laughs> She's a... Well done, Tilda. You, jo- you join one of the most prestigious uh, theater companies in the world and you're like, I'm too rebellious. Shaw. Yeah, it was amazing. So two years after um, she joined the company, she um, she got this role in Caravaggio. Right. And this was just her first of over 50 feature films yeah. that she's been in. She's only won one Oscar. Correct that. Yeah. Academy. However, she's won 50 awards, like over 50. <laughs> I mean, Everyone else loves her, just yeah. not the Academy. Yeah. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> So that Oscar she won in 2007 for um, her supporting role in Michael Clayton right. with the Clooney Booney, as I like to refer to him <laughs> casually around the house. I've never heard that before. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that uh, that is probably one of the roles that broke out for her. So I'm, I'm sure we'll cover yeah. that. And, and when we have our... Uh, we sit down and duke it out for which films we want to cover. Yeah. We might have to cover that one because she got the Oscar for it. Yeah, I thought so too. I, uh, in classic fashion, I've made a spreadsheet. I love it. With all her films. I'm going to put down the the year, the film, and then I decided we have to put down what the role consisted of. Not only the name of the role, but like the kind of role it was. Again, I feel like this is really going to flesh out how diverse her career is. I think that this is a great idea. We're going to have lots of stats for you this year. Yeah. <laughs> That's something new for us. Uh, and um, her latest film that is coming out soon is called A Bigger Splash. There's a new trailer out just this week. I just saw it. So I, Megan looks, just forwarded it to me. I watched it this morning. Looks fantastic. She plays an aging rock star. Yeah. A la David Bowie, which oh, she's had man. an extensive uh, connection with. I want to live year. in a world where she actually is an aging rock star. Yeah. That has to happen. Yeah. Okay. So that's our brief overview of yeah. Tilda. Um See any movie that she's in. Yeah, we're excited for this year. We hope you are too. Even the Narnia series, which now I realize I'm going to have to sit down and watch all the Chronicles of Narnia films. There are worse ways to spend your time. That's true. All right. So our first film, Caravaggio, yeah. 1986, directed by Derek Jarman. Derek Jarman's interesting. He was. Uh, it's it's actually a good segue. We talked about the. Uh, the roots of American independent film, but Derek Jarman was kind of one of the um, an icon of the British independent mm. film movement of the same period. So occasionally, when I was reading about um, the early American folks, um, his name would come up in reference to other countries that were kind of going through a similar change. And uh, he we did talked this... about him at the end of last year for some reason. I, I'm, it's yeah, escaping I me why. Um, yeah. Go back and listen to our shows. <laughs> yeah, well, just, uh, if we have any uh, tiny film completists out there or archivists, <laughs> you just let them know what we're talking about. <laughs> but yeah, he's interesting. Uh, he was a big, uh, uh, an icon of not just the independent film uh, scene, but uh, uh, launching queer cinema in uh, 
England as it was also happening in America. Mm-hmm. Um, I This is my first encounter with his work. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited to talk about this film today. Um, had you watched his films before? I this had week? seen, you know, I'd only seen clips and I think I saw a couple of shorts that he had made. Um, and this was in like a film class, the one, the single film class I'd had years ago. So, and then my only other exposure to him was just reading, uh, his name came up in, in reading here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so do you want to give a brief overview of the plot of the film? Yeah. It's a fictionalized, uh, recounting of the life of the, uh, Italian painter, uh, Michelangelo Caravaggio, uh, from like the late 1500s. And um, it's pretty I, much your standard biopic. It is. No. <laughs> <laughs> I looked. I was actually reading about because I don't. I know Caravaggio's paintings. They're very distinct, but I didn't know much about him. So I just kind of did a quick look and then compared it to the film. And it's loose. It's definitely a loose, <laughs> loose adaptation. Uh, he focuses on the stuff that uh, makes that's closer to him. Dar- the Derek Jarman. But um, but yeah, there's like Lena, the character that Tilda Swinton pl- plays, is a um, kind of a s- street smart uh, a woman who gets involved. She becomes, she's the girlfriend of one of his mo- of Caravaggio's models and then becomes one of his models. She gets involved. She becomes a lover of Caravaggio as well. Yeah, so basically the, the plot of this film is pretty simple. It's told in, in flashback. Caravaggio is, um, or Michele, as yeah. they like to call him in the film. Uh, he is, it's basically told in flashback from his deathbed. Right. I think he, in the movies, dying of uh, lead poisoning or something yeah. or other. And, uh, and they show sort of like how he got to the place in his career that he did, which was mm-hmm. he got a wealthy patron. Right. Most of the, yeah, the clergy, successful the artists Roman that clergy, day, think, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then um, basically he was known for taking sort of like um, prostitutes and beggars and different uh, people from the street yeah. and using them as models in his paintings to portray very yeah religious icons, religious scenes. Yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. so very controversial. Yeah. Um, and which one, is accurate. Yes. To his life. Yes. And one of the models that he picks is this guy who basically just like uh, fights. He's a street fighter. That's yeah. how he makes his yeah. money. And he is played by Sean Bean, who is from Lord of the Lord Rings, of the Rings yeah. and Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. When you see his face, you instantly recognize him. And he looks sort of like yeah. a, he's a great like period piece face. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and uh, so he, he sees him in the street fight. Um, he His girlfriend slash perhaps prostitute is yeah. Tilda Swinton named Lena in it. And they both sort of, like Christopher said, become models. They both fall in love with him in different ways. So yeah. it's sort of, it's a, it's a love triangle situation. Yeah. And then people die. Yeah, that sounds good. That's pretty much the film. <laughs> that sums it up nicely. <laughs> Um, before we get too much into um, yeah. sort of how that's executed by Jarman, the portrayal of, of Tilda and our reaction to it, we want to take a quick break for um, the soundtrack, which is beautiful. Yes. It was uh, created by Simon Turner Fisher, who is a um, British musician in lots of bands. And this first song is How Blue Sky Was. Thank you. 
Welcome back to the Tiny Film Invasion here on WMSC 91.7 FM, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm Blythe. I'm here with <laughs> Christopher. We're in Milwaukee. Yeah, we are. No, it was very detailed. I was playing air loot through that whole thing. You were. I was killing it. <laughs> Today we are kicking off our year-long celebration, exploration, obsession mm-hmm. with Tilda Swinton. The androgynous one. Oh, lover. And um, looking at her very first uh, feature film appearance in Derek Jarman's Caravaggio. Yeah, and it was Derek Jarman's first film, too. No, it was not. It was not. No, it was about seven in. Five, six, seven in, somewhere in there. Features? Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. True. I read, I read differently. True. All right, we're going to solve this problem. We will. We will. <laughs> What's great is that they didn't meet until the, uh, the two of them didn't meet until the her audition. They kind of yeah. had some friends in common, but that's where they met. Yeah. And they hit it off so strongly that she was in every single one of his films after yeah. that. Oh, okay, that's so funny. I don't know why I thought that. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that, yeah, they were for like seven or eight years after that for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so. Yeah. Your reaction to the film. So. Visually, uh, is I liked it quite a bit. It's really beautiful, and it um, looks. It reminded me a little bit of Peter Greenaway, True. Uh, on a much uh, with a much lower budget. Um, <laughs> it is a very low budget film. Everything. One thing I loved about the film is that it takes place in the late 1500s, but there's a lot of anachronisms in it. Um, intentionally, um, there's a someone, one of the bishops or or, or clergy are using a, a, a calculator at one point. There is a green truck that shows up. They're smoking cigarettes, there's like a motorcycle typewriter. Yeah, typewriter yeah. in the bathtub. But everything else, there's like a handful of those. But everything else is period dress and period settings. And it really has the look of um, of the paintings of the time of Caravaggio's yeah. work. The the Lighting in this is yeah, incredible. Amazing. Like it, the 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 way that they use shadow and light is is very much inspired by for sure, yeah, by his actual paintings. And I am so it has that <laughs> a very distinct look to the film. And interestingly, I'm a huge fan of tableau. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Christopher is also an artist in addition to being a talker on the radio about film. Despite my my artistic endeavors, I just find Tableau fascinating. <laughs> when people gather and live um, take the shape of a famous painting or a scene or something like that, I don't know why, but I really find that fascinating. The, the film, that part of the film is really great because there's so many scenes where they're showing him just basically doing his thing, yeah, painting, painting models. with models set up. And then they're so recognizable to his famous paintings. And you're like, oh, yeah, they're doing that one. <laughs> and then they're scratching their nose. <laughs> yeah. It's like a cover. It's like watching a cover band. It going is. Like, yeah, oh, they're doing that one. It's my it favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so I loved that. And, yeah, I loved the it all takes place seemingly on a staged like a, on a stage, not a theater stage, but like a, like in a build, like it's all sets. It's in a, they shot in yeah. a warehouse. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then the, the, the beautiful, like the curtains and, and the, and the furniture all set up, but within this, these sets, but um, besides those, like the walls and everything are so minimal that it kind of, it has this stage feel on it, occasion. It felt to me like a combination between an oil painting and a theater play. Yeah. You put those two things really together accurate. and that is this film. Yeah. And it, there's a lot of reasons why, but it took me a while to settle into this movie. Like I was, I started watching it, yeah. and it, there's a lot of 
I don't want to say off-putting, but there's a lot of sort of like barriers to like sinking into this film. It's not it's not the James Bond film that grabs you with the Day of the <laughs> Dead parade in Mexico, let's just say, right? I mean, there's definitely like the anachronisms are there. Even if you're not aware of them, there's something that's unsettling about it. Yeah. The acting is a little bit stilted. There's not a whole lot of there's. There's mostly posing. Yeah. There's mo- even yeah. E- even the the scenes that aren't the tableau of him, you right. know, uh, having people m- model for him while he paints. Right. They're all still very like posed, yeah. composed scenes. Um, there's only a handful where I feel like there's free flowing action. Um, there's the the fight scene in yeah. the street. Um, there's the scenes where so and so gets yeah. killed. Right. Right. right? So um, there, there's just a lot of, um, for me, barriers to me really sinking into this movie. It took yeah. me about halfway through where I was just like, oh, I think I understand what he's doing. I don't know what the experience was like for you. Yeah, I mean, it's similar. I mean, I immediately made that connection to Peter Greenaway and the, all the things you were just saying, like the posed, the, it's almost like paintings or photographs of a still. And there's very little dialogue throughout most of it. Um, there's some... Uh, narration, but there's a lot of scenes that are very quiet. And yeah, you do the, the the camera opens on a like a man laying in a bed, very symmetrical, really well lit, and then some minor action, and they move on. It's not really slow. I wouldn't call it slow, but it was. It's, it's not slow. Yeah, but there's different the the choices that he makes. I think are um, curious to me. Yeah, the narration. There's a narration that goes over the whole thing. It reminds me of something. I can't pick out what it is. It's almost like someone who is reciting uh, Keats or Yeats or Shakespeare. It's sort of like on a recording, you know, like it's it's sort of monotonous. Because some of the text didn't, it uh, like highlighted the scene, but it wasn't really telling you what was happening in the scene. So I wonder if that text, and I, I didn't find anything about it. I looked a little bit. But um, if that text was from something as a reference, but I did, didn't really always mirror necessarily what was mm-hmm. happening or tell you exactly what's happening in the story. And I'll be honest, at some point I kind of tuned out. The I was just say the exact same thing. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> same Z's. I yeah. really was just, after a while. I was just like, oh, okay. I'm just gonna appreciate this on an aesthetic level. Yeah. Of these are basically like paintings come right. to life. And before we jump back into the, the soundtrack, this yeah. next next song is during the scene where the film hooked me. Yeah. It was uh, there is. Um, Caravaggio uh, painting one model and it sh- he's painting the it's a girl who he's painting but painting as a oh, boy yeah. with these beautiful angel wings yes. and this frame is half taken up by the painting and half taken up by the model sort of just like stretching from yeah, she's contor- she's like a contortionist a little right. bit yeah yeah she, but you can tell it's just sort of like if you're if you're modeling for one of these oil paintings for hours on yeah. end, you need to have a little uh, yoga time, contortionist <laughs> like, time, yes, what have like you. Medieval yoga time is what was it was. Yeah. And this uh, this brief scene uh, with her just stretching out um, up against that uh, the the painting of the angel was really remarkable yeah. to me. So um, I'm not. Uh, you know what? Yeah. That song is the last one that I'm playing. Oh, is it? It is. Oh, that's fine. That's fine, too. That's a good... Well, we don't have to address that later. (laughs) 
<laughs> so uh, this this next one is, song is Cafe of the Moors, and that uh, this is the scene where um, he f- finds them fighting in the street and oh, yeah. uh, falls in love with both of them. That's wonderful. This portion of WMSE is sponsored by Bray's Restaurant, with a menu that changes daily based on seasonal items received from local farmers. Open Tuesday through Saturday at 5 p.m. Reservations recommended. Gift cards are available for the restaurant and culinary school. Bray's Restaurant, 1101 South 2nd Street. Information available by calling 414-212-8843 or online at brayslocalfood.com. Welcome back to the Tiny Film Invasion here on WMSE 91.7 FM. I'm Blythe. I'm here with Christopher, and we're talking about Tilda Swinton's first role in Derek Jarman's Caravaggio. Um, So let's talk about Tilda in this movie. This is about an hour in is the first time you see Um, Tilda on screen. You know what I am always struck about her uh, is her face. Which not only she has a very interesting face, but seeing this as her first role, and how old do you think? Uh, roughly, 25. She's about 25 in mm-hmm. this? And then now she's 53. Three? 53. She looks no different to me. It's true. She is the most ageless human being I've ever seen. So is she, she does, an alien, do you think? Yes. I mean, I mean, I think <laughs> there's a lot of evidence uh, to support that. But I, I was, I, I, when I saw her, I thought... Wow, she, oh, look, she's so young. But I feel like I said that just because I knew she was so young being in the movie. But it really hasn't changed that much. You can tell that she's much younger in the film, but it, it's fascinating. Um, the with I think with everybody in the movie, except for maybe the, the lead character, who, you're right, okay, <laughs> I think you texted me. Uh, for fans of the Milwaukee record, we just want to give a shout out to Tyler Moss, who was starred in this movie. It is exactly Tyler Moss in probably like uh, twenty years. Yeah, she told me that she told me before I watched it that the, that the main character looks just like Tyler Moss, and that's all I could see throughout the whole. It's movie. a true fact. <laughs> but um, besides a couple of people, the a lot of the acting, especially from the younger cast, is very stage. It's like stage acting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell a lot of these people had roots in stage. And I think for Tilda Swinton, for sure, having just come from the Royal Shakespeare Company not that long before. Which is perfect for what he was doing with yeah. the film. You know, uh, Jarman's really well. background is in um, costume design and set, yeah. set de- decoration. So he really came out of that right. theatrical world, which you can see very clearly in this film. Right. And it works so well 
to match with the sets and the and the way he has it visually that acting style of very theatrical and and I don't even when I say theatrical I don't mean super over the top but there's that way you act on stage versus on film that that is a little bit more it's a little bit more pronounced to the audience <clears throat> instead of to yeah, the camera exactly. right it's a little different so you can see that from her but she is great she She's does such great. a good job. You know what I love about this watching this role is I just feel like this sets up her entire career. Like number one, interesting choice of director for your first film. Yeah, right. Um, the the character is is very androgynous. Yeah, and she does herself. make one of her classic transformations. Like she goes from this like a uh, dirty street. Street person, uh, with you know, kind of with a cockney, with a bandana on her head, yeah, and... real crass, and go, and then is transformed in this. They they give her this uh, for uh, I think it's a costume ball. They give her this dress that she gets very excited about, and then she takes her hair out for the first time, this long red hair, and then afterwards she's presented as a lady, like very 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 made up and very beautiful. Yeah, and those two <clears throat> aspects of her personality, I think, sort of come again and yeah. again throughout her career. Oh, for sure, yeah. Which is great. And there's also something, you were talking earlier about there's not a whole lot of, um, there's not a whole lot of dialogue in this film. Yeah. And there was a quote I ran across when she was doing her press tour for uh, We Need to Talk About Kevin, yeah. which is another film. Which we, I kind of regret we didn't call this whole series We Need to Talk, talk About, about Tilda. Tilda. We can do that. We can do whatever we want. We can change, sure. <laughs> uh, this, there's a really great uh, quote about how why she why she liked what she liked about that film. Oh, really? And she said, "I'm really interested in silence in our inarticulacy also, which isn't the same as silence. As a performer, I like looking at the gaps between what people want to communicate and what they can communicate. And I think that you just find the roots of that oh, yeah, in this for sure in this role of hers. It's interesting that she's that's an interesting quote." Uh, Again, we don't want to talk about everything about her in the first show. We have a year. I know. Slow down. It's, it's interesting because she did a performance art piece. It's true. Because she's also a performance artist, ladies she and gentlemen. She is everything. That where she just slept in a box and people could come look at her. And there's no talking in that. There's a lot of quiet in that. Um, that was a really interesting time for Tilda. She was sleeping in a box. She was starring in Moonrise Kingdom. And then she did a couple of videos with David Bowie. Yeah. All in the same oh, as a great year like in the terrible, year of Tilda. Terrible yep. life. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very. I think it's a really interesting first film. Like her performance in this film and her and the film itself. And you're right, the choices that she made <clears throat> does really kind of inform what you're going to see from her in the next twenty five years yeah, afterwards it's true and something that i'm really interested in looking at this year something i don't think that we've talked about enough on this yeah. show i feel like i um because i'm a, a filmmaker i approach uh, our discussions from either the um like film critic perspective yeah. or from the director's perspective and i really want to this year talk about sort of like the choices as, a, as the acting as actor, choices yeah. that she makes <clears throat> that really um that determine so much of the film the films that she's in and their success. So yeah. that's something that I'm interested yeah, in, in us looking at. And a perfect person to do that. This is one of the best options you have to, if you want to explore something like that. 
That's true. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a little bit of con- just well, before we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some context. Please. If anyone's seen um, Derek Jarman's work that's listening, you know that he sort of comes from a real left of center place. Um, and I would be curious to hear from you um, what you think of this film yeah. and his other work. What, what I always like to do when we're talking about um, films that are um, coming from a, a more independent place is, is give a rundown of what won the Oscars that year. <laughs> So you have a frame <laughs> yeah. of reference. Yeah. Same year that uh, Tilda made her feature f- film debut yeah. in Caravaggio uh, at the Oscars. It was Witness, Preetzi's Honor, Kiss of the Spider Woman, Color Purple, and the winner that year, Out of Africa. Huh. It's actually interesting. It was an interesting yeah. year. But it's very different from Caravaggio. Very different, yeah. So if you can, if you watch watch this film, think about those other ones. That's sort of like the dissonance that she entered the, her uh, yeah. film career in, which is fantastic. So and then for her to go on and do the range of roles that she did, winning the Oscar, and really this this one that's coming up this year, I'm excited yeah. to see um, a new one this year. Oh it, yeah, it looks very powerful as and well. And looking ahead in the projects that she's working on in the next couple of years too. Um, it's good. Yeah, she's she's always making interesting stuff. All right. Oh, Tilda. Oh, Tilda. Part one. Always up to something. <laughs> she is. That's the tagline. <laughs> okay. After, okay, we can stick with Oh, Tilda if we end it with you. Always up to something. <laughs> we'll make it like a sitcom. Okay. Sounds something good. she has not done. Sounds good. Uh, well, we'll revisit uh, the <clears throat> life and times of Tilda Swinton next month. Yeah. Come back. Uh, next week, I'll be gone. Christopher yes. has a special guest here coming and with on. A special guest. Do you want to tell them the name of the the theme of the episode? Oh, it's going to be called "Put Up or Crud Up: An Examination of Mr. Billy Crudup." I love it. Mildly tongue in cheek, but probably I think we are. need to start titling all of our shows. Yeah. And then uh, for the two weeks after yeah, that, we Christopher is going to be in Sundance. So oh yeah. I will be solo, having some special guests coming in. Yeah. After that, we come back together, and he tells us about his magical experience yeah. in Park City. Never been to Sundance before, so this will be exciting. There you go. That's January, people. Thanks for joining us, and we want to leave you with uh, the song from my favorite scene. That we scene laid out. We laid, I laid out already. Out before. <laughs> I have no idea what the name of the song is, but I really hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Thanks so much. We'll see you uh, next week or the week after or the week after. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye. Pasando, estará pasando.